This episode is sponsored by Robin. If you're still using dictation or scribe services to do your clinical documentation, it's time for you to meet Robin. Robin develops all the notes and codes for your patient visits behind the scenes so you can truly focus on patient care. Robin's documentation is also more complete thanks to its one-of-a-kind smart assistant device. With Robin, you even get protection for your whole practice, including medical liability defense and audit support. Robin is the only documentation solution tailored for orthopedic surgeons. It's also the most affordable. Visit robin.co slash orthobullets to learn more. That's robin.co slash orthobullets. This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of little leaguer shoulder from the shoulder and elbow section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. Little leaguer shoulder is an overuse injury occurring in young baseball pitchers resulting in epiphysiolysis of the proximal humerus and is also considered a Salter-Harris type 1 injury. Diagnosis is made with radiographs of the shoulder showing a widened proximal humerus physis in comparison to the contralateral shoulder. Treatment is cessation of throwing followed by physical therapy and a progressive throwing program after sufficient rest. Now let's get into the episode. With respect to epidemiology, little leaguer shoulder is seen in skeletally immature overhead athletes, specifically adolescent pitchers, and it's also occasionally seen in tennis players. Know that 10% of all shoulder pain in pediatric patients is related to throwing. Males are more commonly affected than females, and little leaguer shoulder is seen in ages 11 to 16 years old. Moving on to the etiology, as far as pathophysiology, the mechanism of little leaguer shoulder is secondary to repetitive torsional and distractive stresses at the physis. Again, this is considered a Salter-Harris type 1 injury. The mechanism of little leaguer shoulder is also related to pitching biomechanics, and we'll specifically talk about the phases of late cocking and deceleration. In late cocking, the shoulder is maximally externally rotated, leading to extreme rotatory torque through the growth plate, approximately 400% greater than the fragile physial cartilage can tolerate. In the deceleration phase of pitching, opposing forces of forward arm motion and the rotator cuff results in excessive eccentric physial stress. Keep in mind that breaking pitches are implicated in little leaguer shoulder, and the number of pitches is the most important factor. In terms of cell biology related to little leaguer shoulder, the hypertrophic zone of the physis is affected, as is the weakest portion of the growth plate. Moving on to the presentation of little leaguer shoulder, the history typically involves decreased pitch velocity and decreased pitch accuracy. Symptoms include diffuse arm and shoulder pain with throwing, which is worse in the late cocking or deceleration phases, and pain typically resolves with rest. On physical exam, there may be point tenderness over the lateral proximal humerus at the shoulder physis, pain reproduced with shoulder rotation, and glenohumeral internal rotation deficit. Moving on to imaging, recommended views on radiographs include an AP in external rotation, scapular Y and axillary views, and the contralateral shoulder can be obtained for comparison in subtle cases. Findings on radiographs may include a widened proximal humerus physis in comparison to the contralateral shoulder, metaphyseal bony changes, and keep in mind, however, that patients may have normal radiographs 17% at a time. MRI in the setting of little leaguer shoulder may have findings of edema around the physis. Keep in mind that an MRI may be helpful to rule out other pathology, such as a labral tear and a partial articular-sided rotator cuff tear, which is less likely. Treatment of little leaguer shoulder is non-operative as well as preventative. 
Non-operative management includes cessation of throwing, followed by physical therapy and a progressive throwing program after sufficient rest. This is indicated as the mainstay of treatment. The technique of non-operative management includes refraining from pitching for three months, physical therapy, and a progressive throwing program. Starting with refraining from pitching for three months, be sure to start a progressive throwing program only after symptom resolution. Physical therapy should include rotator cuff strengthening, posterior shoulder capsule stretching, and core strengthening. A progressive throwing program should start with short tosses at low velocity and then slowly progress distance and velocity of throws. Prevention includes proper pitching mechanics using pitching coaches, discouraging breaking ball pitches until skeletal maturity, enforcement of pitch counts as well as days off for shoulder rest, and avoiding year-round pitching. As far as pitch count recommendations, at ages 8 to 10, pitches per game should be 52, and max games per week should be 2. At ages 11 to 12, pitches per game should be 68, and max games per week should also be 2. At ages 13 to 14, pitches per game should be 76, and max games per week is also 2. At ages 15 to 16, pitches per game should be 91, and max games per week should also be 2. Finally, at 17 to 18 years of age, pitches per game can be 106, and max games per week is also 2. Now, let's end this review session talking about complications, specifically premature growth arrest of the proximal humeral physis. Know that this complication can cause growth arrest and angular deformity. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic might be tested. First question. A 12-year-old male pitcher has been complaining of shoulder pain in his dominant arm for three weeks. He describes that the pain occurs while throwing. On physical examination, he has tenderness to palpation over the proximal humerus and pain with external rotation of the shoulder with limited internal rotation compared to the contralateral side. A radiograph of the proximal humerus shows physeal widening but no separation or fracture. What is the next best step in treatment? And the choices are 1. Cessation of throwing activities until completely asymptomatic and initiate physical therapy. 2. Continue activity as tolerated and initiate physical therapy. 3. Close reduction and percutaneous pinning of the proximal humerus. 4. Obtain magnetic resonance imaging or MRI of the shoulder. And 5. Answers 2 and 4. The correct answer to this question is 1. Cessation of throwing activities until completely asymptomatic and initiate physical therapy. So this patient has a little leaguer shoulder and should be kept from throwing until he is completely asymptomatic. The athlete is usually held out of throwing for 6 to 12 weeks and then once asymptomatic may participate in a graduated return to throwing program. Little leaguer shoulder refers to an injury to the proximal humeral physis in skeletally immature athletes, primarily youth baseball pitchers. Repetitive throwing activities apply rotational and shear stresses across the physis which eventually leads to injury of the unossified cartilage. It usually occurs in pitchers between the ages of 11 and 14 years when physeal growth is at its peak. Patients report diffuse shoulder pain with throwing, which can progress to pain with daily activities and even at rest. Radiographic changes include physeal widening, metaphyseal sclerosis, fragmentation, and cystic changes. These are best seen on external rotation views of the proximal humerus with comparison to the contralateral side. Once the diagnosis has been made, the athlete should be held out of throwing activities until the pain subsides. After the athlete is pain-free, Physical therapy may be initiated before returning to sport. Osbar et al. performed a review of Little Leaguer Shoulder. 
They report that little leaguer shoulder is most commonly seen in throwing athletes between 11 and 16 years of age. Clinical evaluation and radiographic imaging confirm the diagnosis. Prevention of developing little leaguer shoulder is most effectively performed by regulating the athlete's pitch count. Smokney et al. performed a review of shoulder and elbow injuries in the adolescent athlete. They report with the recent increase in youth sports participation and single-sport youth athletes over the past 30 years, there has been an increase in the number of acute and overuse sports injuries in this population. They conclude that little leaguer shoulder is best treated with throwing cessation until the pain completely resolves. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 2, continue activity as tolerated and initiate physical therapy, and answer 3, close reduction and percutaneous pinning of the proximal humerus are both incorrect as the treatment of little leaguer shoulder is throwing cessation until symptoms resolve. Answer 4, obtain magnetic resonance imaging of the shoulder is incorrect as an MRI is not necessary in making the diagnosis of little leaguer shoulder. And moving on to the final question. A 13-year-old male left-handed dominant tennis player presents to your clinic with left shoulder pain. He states that he has diffuse shoulder pain on the left side and he is unable to control his serves when playing tennis. Your exam is notable for tenderness to palpation at the proximal left arm. You note that he has a measured difference in internal rotation between the affected shoulder and contralateral shoulder to be 30 degrees. You diagnose him with little leaguer shoulder. Which radiographic view can aid in the diagnosis in subtle cases? And the choices are 1. Distal humeral axial, 2. West point axillary, 3. Zanka, 4. Shoulder AP and external rotation, and 5. Swimmers. The correct answer to this question is for shoulder AP in external rotation. So an AP radiograph of the affected shoulder with external rotation at the shoulder will help facilitate the diagnosis. The radiographic findings in the physis are most clearly identifiable in the anterolateral physis of the proximal humerus. Little leaguer shoulder is an overused condition that is commonly seen in the dominant arm of skeletally immature athletes. It is most commonly seen in pediatric baseball pitchers, but can be present for youths in other overhead sports as well for example, tennis, football, and racket sports. Due to the repetitive microtrauma, like shear, torque, or traction forces imposed on the unossified cartilage of the proximal humerus physis, the patient will typically complain of diffuse shoulder pain with or without throwing and or loss of control with throwing or decreased performance in their given sport. Classic radiographic findings include physial widening, increased sclerosis, demineralization slash lucency, metaphyseal calcification, or fragmentation adjacent to the physis. AP radiographs in external rotation and or radiographs of the contralateral shoulder can aid in the diagnosis. The majority of patients have a resolution of little leaguer shoulder with conservative management in the form of time away from their sport. Those with glenohumeral internal rotation deficits or GERD have an increased probability of recurrence of little leaguer shoulder. Hayworth et al. performed a retrospective case series on little leaguer shoulder to analyze the demographic and diagnostic features and to identify risk factors for occurrence. They analyzed 95 patients with little leaguer shoulder. The most common demographic was male pitchers with an average age of 13.1 years. They additionally identified little leaguer shoulder in female athletes. The authors reported resolution of symptoms and return to competition on average was 2.6 months and 4.2 months respectively. The overall recurrence rate was 7%, and those diagnosed with GERD had 3.6 times greater odds of recurrence. Harada et al. completed a retrospective case control study of 87 skeletally immature baseball players diagnosed with little leaguer shoulder. 
at two months follow-up. 18% still had pain, 43% had completed return to sport, 33% had incomplete return to sport, and 24% did not have any return to sport. They concluded that a longer time to diagnosis and those with GERD were risk factors for continued pain and recurrence of little league or shoulder. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer one, distal humeral axial is incorrect as a distal humeral axial view is used to aid in measuring the displacement in pediatric fractures of the medial epicondyle. Answer two, a West Point axillary view is incorrect as this is an additional shoulder view that can identify a bony bank heart and associated glenoid bone loss. Answer three, a Zanka view is incorrect as this is an AP of the shoulder with a 15 degree cephalic tilt that is used in acromioclavicular joint pathology. And finally, answer five, a swimmer's view is incorrect, as a swimmer's view is a radiograph of the cervical spine that is an additional lateral view obtained when a normal lateral view of the cervical spine does not have all seven cervical vertebrae visible. That's all for this review about little leaguer shoulder. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.